Hi, welcome to Positively Positive. If you're new here, I go by Sam, and I have genital herpes, HSV2. Today we're talking about dealing with diagnosis and the aftermath that ensues. I'm going to cover what I went through emotionally and mentally, as well as what I see so many other people going through every single day, because the emotional and mental part of a herpes diagnosis is a lot of the time way worse than any physical outbreak, even if you had one at all. So after all the doom and gloom stuff, I'm going to talk about five tools on how to positively deal with this, because it's super manageable and I have that power. So do you. If you want to hear why I'm a phoenix and you can be too, let's talk about herpes, baby. Okay, so... I got back from the doctor's office with my diagnosis and my antiviral meds. My whole diagnosis story is up and you can listen if you want more details. But I got home and I curled up in bed. I cried and cried and cried. I can honestly tell you that I have never shed more tears in my entire life in the following weeks. I didn't even get out of bed for a full 24 hours. The first 24 hours was a constant cycle of panic in my head. The first week, actually. I legitimately thought I was never going to have sex again. I 100% believed that I could not do that for the rest of my life. Even if I would calm down for a second or a minute and try to reason in my own mind that I could, my mind immediately went to, well, you can never receive oral sex. You can never let a partner touch you with their hands again. And you like that, and that's over. You're a huge risk, and no one can ever come near your genitals ever again. The panic was so real. The anxiety was so real. So if this is you at this stage right now, just know that I get it. I feel you. I'm here and you are not alone. And none of that is true. It will get better. Right now, you just need to trust me on that. It gets better. I had people telling me that that I had found in the support groups and I didn't believe them. I did not believe that it could get better, that every day would be a little brighter. But trust me, as someone who didn't believe it, I'm very skeptical, I don't trust people in the first place, I'm telling you they were right, okay? So just hang in there, okay? So I'm going to talk about some of the other things that I went through. Um, depression. I was extremely depressed, the most depressed I've ever been. My room was a disgusting mess for a week because I had no will to clean anything. There was Kleenex everywhere, open jars of food I would barely touch and just leave there, you know, the depression pit we've all found ourselves in at one point. I think Kris Kardashian found Kim in one after her marriage to Chris Humphreys ended on their show. She came in and Kim was just like on the couch in sweats with takeout boxes everywhere and a garbage pile on the floor, not in a garbage bin. See, stars, you're just like us. <laughs> I had no will to do anything. I called in sick to work for several days, I think three. I said I pulled a muscle and couldn't perform my duties. 
I highly recommend taking some days off work. Especially if you work somewhere where the result will just be them being short-staffed. Yo, fuck it. Take those days off. Um, another thing that I dealt with that was very new for me was insomnia. I didn't start sleeping through the night again until I'd say a month, maybe a month and a half after diagnosis. I've never had an issue with sleep before, so this was a big one for me. I would wake up in the middle of the night every night, sometimes multiple times a night. I've heard people talk about not being able to get to sleep because their thoughts are racing, and I could honestly never relate to that, and now I knew exactly what that was like and what they were talking about. I was exhausted every day. So two other big ones that I felt a little bit of, um, and I definitely see and hear and talk to people going through these things, they're big ones. Regret and blame. I should have just done this, or I should have just done that. These are useless states of mind to trap yourself in, and useless thought processes. STDs are not a punishment, you did not deserve this, you're a human being on earth who had sex, and STDs and STIs are a fact of life. You may be blaming yourself, or the person you got this from, whether they knew they had it or not. And you're allowed to be angry. You're allowed to feel betrayed and lied to or deceived. You're allowed to be disappointed in yourself. Let yourself feel these things, because if you don't let it out and deal with it, you are never going to be able to move on. At this point, the person you got it from doesn't matter. How you got it doesn't matter. You have it. It's your body and your mind going forward and you only you have control over your mind. You get to decide if this will eat you up inside or, like me, if you're going to educate yourself and move on with your life. Blame, shame, and anger will destroy you and I do not say that hyperbolically. How this affects you in the long run is on you, no one else. I have seen both sides of the coin and I, my friend, I am choosing life. A life filled with fun and sex and ups and downs. Everyone on this earth has something to deal with, something they carry, whether you can see it, whether you can hear it, whether you can feel it or not, we all have our shit. So you know what that's called? Being a fucking human. The process of healing and moving forward it's not linear. <laughs> it's a roller coaster, and I'll be the first to admit that. I'm at the two month mark right now, and I definitely have way more uh, good days than bad. At first, it was all bad, followed by maybe a second of relief, a second of hope here or there. And then, you know, progressively, I would wake up every morning and be like, oh, you know what? Today's a good day. And yesterday was a good day. And tomorrow's gonna be a good day. Until now, I have more good days than bad. And when I do get hit by another wave of emotion or something triggers me, I allow myself to feel it, cry if I need to, and then I move on. 
excuse me, um, one of the worst things you can do is push your feelings down and not acknowledge them. We don't move on or move forward by pushing everything into the closet or under the rug. Another mental hurdle I want to talk about is paranoia. After my primary outbreak healed, or I thought it was healing, the paranoia set in. Every single sensation I felt, I was worried it was an outbreak. If an article, an article of clothing rubbed me the wrong way, I was worried about it causing an outbreak. I was worried me thinking about an outbreak would cause an outbreak, which HSV being a virus of the nervous system is not actually far off. You can stress yourself into an outbreak, even if on the outside you're doing everything right. And I knew that, so now I'm stressing over not stressing. It's a really fun way to live your life, guys. Not. And it also didn't help that I was reading online all these things that could potentially trigger an outbreak. Working out, protein, peanut butter, spicy foods, chocolate. I read that and I was like, what the actual fuck? This is literally all the elements of my life. Physical activity and those exact foods. I was shitting myself. If there is one thing I'm absolutely positively positive of in this entire world, it is that I can eat more peanut butter than anyone I've ever met and will probably ever meet. I could compete. I should compete. I'm a connoisseur, okay? Your girl was not giving up peanut butter. And good news, I haven't. And I've been totally fine. Sweet. In fact, I haven't actually given up any of those things. So, good news. And please don't think that you have to change your whole life because of this. I mean, I'm definitely not saying if you had really bad health habits that now isn't a great time to change them. Because it's always a good time to get healthier and move towards a healthy lifestyle. But just take it one day at a time. Rome was not built in a day. And neither was this booty. I'm sorry. I'm sorry this train is derailing. Uh, anyways. Another thing that sort of helped me move on was the first time I hung out with my friends. My close friends. I didn't tell them and I was still in the midst of my outbreak and I met with them and in my head it's all I'm thinking about but I know they don't know and I was just like holy shit like I can hang out with my friends still like they're not treating me any different even though they don't know I'm just me to them this is fucking awesome and literally just realizing that was so powerful if I just live my life I can just live my life what the first time I listened to the radio in the car after and my favorite song came on I was like oh oh shit yeah I like this song the song hasn't changed and I still want to kind of dance to this am I allowed to dance to this song if I have her please Fucking yeah, of course. Live your life. Remind yourself of the things that make you feel good and do them. 
watch that show if it's your favorite. Watch your favorite episode of The Office. Dance to your favorite songs and spend time with people you love and care about. If you tell them or not, trust me, it'll make you feel better. So, where I am now, if I catch myself getting paranoid, I give myself a reality check real quick. Oh no, something might be happening. I might be getting an outbreak. Hey, hold up, girl. Sam, if you have an outbreak, that's okay, because you're prepared for that. You have your kit, you have your meds, it heals, and it goes away, okay, babe? Thank you so much. We'll deal with it if and when it happens. I love you. So, yes, I talk to myself. Yes, I tell myself I love myself, because I do. (laughs) I mean, I think I'm pretty awesome, to be honest. And that's how I deal with stress and paranoia, and it's working pretty well so far. Oh yeah, if you want to know what's in my kit I just mentioned, sorry, my kit that I just mentioned, uh, listen to my Managing Outbreaks episode. So I said I would talk about how to positively deal with diagnosis, so let's get into that. Besides talking to yourself and being your own hype, calm man? Here are five other tools you can use to deal with this. So number one, the first thing I did was join online support groups. I have heard that Tumblr is amazing and I'm going to go check that out. But what I did was Facebook groups. Facebook has tons of herpes groups, big and small. Do it. And if you don't want to join because you don't want anyone to know or see that you're in a herpes or HSV group, chill out. Most of them are secret, private groups where only members can see other members and posts. Or you can set up a whole new profile and join so none of your friends and family are connected to that account and that profile at all and join the groups from that account. Easy peasy. This was quite possibly the most important step I took, and I'm glad I did it the day I was diagnosed, because it immediately gave me a sense of community when I was feeling the most alone and the most isolated I've ever felt in my life. I'm actually making a whole episode about what I think of the support groups now, pros and cons, so go check that out. But in short, They're a safe place to introduce yourself, ask any questions, and I do mean any question. Nothing is too personal or too graphic for these groups. Trust me. It's also where my herpes education began, which is the next point. Number two, education. Research. Knowledge is power, baby. And I do not say that lightly. Knowledge dismantles fear. What? I'm gonna say it again. Knowledge dismantles fear. Fear comes from the unknown, from uncertainty, from questions, and from wondering what if. The moderators in the support groups are amazing for sharing reputable links and information. So are the majority of the members who've been living with this for a while already. Of course, you can Google all of this yourself, but it is a lot of information to take in all at once. I read everything that everyone linked to me when I would ask, posting posting a question. Uh, I followed links in those links. 
and Googled what the links were saying to see if other sources matched up. Now, Google has a lot of info on herpes out there. And unfortunately, a lot of it is outdated, which is why it's good to get the latest info from the people in these groups who are knowledgeable and have actually been living totally normal lives with this. Also, it's good to know that you're not the only one. You're so far from the only one. And that is knowledge. And that knowledge is comforting. So number three, the third tool I have for you is dun, 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 therapy. Diagnosis hits everyone differently, but I think everyone can benefit from therapy, especially when dealing with a new health condition. I consider myself a strong, stable, competent person, and I was fucking rocked by this. Nothing has ever shaken me like this, and I knew I had reached the point where I could no longer deal with this on my own. I needed help. I needed to talk to a real person who wasn't online. So I started seeing a psychotherapist. It has been so helpful just being able to spill my guts and everything I'm scared of or I don't know how to deal with saying it out loud to a non-judgmental third party who is trained in how to handle this. Damn. It was awesome. I actually get excited for therapy. Now, yes, psychotherapy is expensive. So if full rates aren't in your budget, don't fret. This is going to take a bit of research on your part, but you can look into a few different things that aren't as expensive. The first thing you can look into is psychotherapy schools or the programs at nearby universities or colleges in your area. A lot of these schools offer extremely discounted therapy sessions with the students who are about to graduate. They've already been working with clients, they're highly supervised, and they've all been through their own therapy and are about to graduate as working professionals. I have several friends who utilize this option and they love it. Another place you can look is your doctor. Ask them about places they recommend or have connections with. The nurse at the sexual health clinic brought out a binder of places when I brought this topic up. She let me take pictures of the ones she recommended and told me which ones were free and which ones charged. Granted, there were not a lot of completely free options, but there were a couple. Now this might mean you need a referral from your doctor or be placed on a waiting list, but it's definitely a viable option. Remember, you're a research expert now. If there's a will, there's a way. I also know that where I live, there are public mental health hospitals and centers, and I have a friend who got in with a free, 100% free counselor there. A couple other things that I went through that my therapist is helping me with, and I feel so much better now. When I was diagnosed, I felt completely asexual. I felt like such a shell, I said in, in my other episode. It took me about a month to recognize myself in the mirror again and I'm not being dramatic, literally I would look and feel nothing at my reflection. Um, And then it took a few weeks after that 
for me to look in the mirror and be like, oh yeah, like, I am feminine and I am sexual. I can be. Because I felt like this diagnosis ripped my sexuality from me, ripped my femininity from me. And, you know, as a woman, those are huge parts of me. There are other parts of me that I value just as much, but goddamn, I've never felt not like a woman or not like a sexual being. And it was, I think, the worst thing about diagnosis for me was that disconnect from that part of myself. Um, and I'm, I'm getting emotional just talking about it, but I'm in such a better place now, and therapy definitely helped me with that so please please look into this okay moving on my fourth tip I will admit it's not something that I have personally done yet but I highly recommend it as I have talked with so many real people about how it changed the game for them and helped them through this herpes diagnosis and it's telling people you trust and love who trust and love you whether that's your mom or your dad, a sibling, another family member, a best friend, a teammate or colleague, whoever it is, they love you and nothing is going to change that. Now, they might not know how to handle the information. They might give you weird unsolicited advice. Hell, they might have it too. These ones are my favorite stories. And gosh darn, do they happen all the time where I read things in the support groups that are like, oh my god, I confided and they have it too. You know, you need support right now. And if you have someone to trust, god damn, this is why God gave us loved ones. Lean on them. And return the favor when they need it too. Because they will. And now, number five, my last tip for dealing with diagnosis is a big one and a hard one to grasp, but highly effective for moving forward. There is a book that I highly recommend called um, Daring Greatly by Brene Brown. Um, you can get that on Amazon and it has helped me with this. And that is accepting vulnerability as a strength. This diagnosis made me feel vulnerable as hell. But did I die? No. <laughs> this diagnosis made you feel the worst pain and the most alone you've ever felt. But did you die? No. You bet your ass I'm having sex again. And every single time I have a new partner, I'm gonna have to have a conversation about my HSV status. If that ain't vulnerability, then I don't know what is. But being able to do that, being able to be vulnerable over and over again, open myself to the possibility of being hurt and still carry my head high no matter what their response is, that is some strong ass shit. My first disclosure, I got ghosted after. And this was someone I had already been sleeping with and supposedly was friends with. More on that in another episode, because there was a whole lot more than just a herpes diagnosis going on there. But did I die? Hell no. I held my head up high, 
knowing that I have this incredible ability to be vulnerable and get up and walk away strong. I'm not kidding, it's literally a fucking superpower. Being vulnerable is the strongest thing I've ever been able to do. Asking for help when I knew I needed it? That's strong. And when I realized this, holy shit, hot damn potato did it change the game for me. I'm kind of indestructible. (laughs) I can be hurt. I can be bashed the fuck down. I can be ghosted. I can get a shitty fucking STD. And I can live my life. Because baby, I am a goddamn phoenix. And I will rise from the ashes every single time. Thanks for listening. Share this link with anyone you think it would help, leave five-star reviews, and follow me on Instagram at Positively Positive Podcast. Check out the website, PositivelyPositivePodcast.com, for resources, tools, videos, and lots of amazing HSV content. If I've helped you and you'd like to say thanks, visit the support page for options, buy me a coffee, join the Patreon, or get yourself a Positively Positive sticker. If you just want to say hi, email me at PositivelyPositivePodcast at gmail.com or leave me a voicemail on Anchor. I'm out here, okay? I keep my real name private for now, but keep listening because that changes, and it will always be me reading all your messages. You are not alone. I'm living positively positive, and you can too.